Welcome to episode 14 of the Beyond the Numbers podcast. I go by Rello. We got Austin. What's good, Austin? Good morning, my brother. How you feel? I feel good, brother. I feel good. Um, and then we got our other host, Bake. What's good, Bake? Ain't shit, man. I'm a little under the weather, but but we here, man. I need the energy today. I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best, man. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Bring the energy. I know it's I know it's raining and here in Jersey. Uh it's been cloudy the past like two, three days, but we gotta bring the energy. For one, you ask me how I'm feeling, Austin. I'm not feeling too great actually. I'm lying to you. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I want smoke with everything that gotta do with Oregon. Oh wow. <laughs> Phil Knight, I want smoke. Luke Rittenauer, I want smoke. Dylan Brooks, I want smoke. Bobo, everything that got Nike, I want smoke for what they did to my, my for what they did to Coach Prime yesterday. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. I know y'all watched it. I, do y'all feel the same way as me? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> being 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 a, being a realist, man. I kind of I didn't see that coming. But but I, I but or Oregon I mean let's be real or Oregon was the better team they were the better team even if they had Hunter it probably would have been a more competitive game if if everybody was you know healthy but I think this is a good test for them I think that they needed I think that Colorado needed to play a team like this and maybe not lose the way they did but I, I definitely think they needed to play they needed to see what that next level looks and feels like because. You know, regardless of what they they've been three and zero, but neither one of those teams was Oregon or the next team they played like USC. They needed to see what this level of football was like. Um, not that they, I don't think they needed to be humbled. I don't think anything they did was over the top. You know, before this game, but you know, just as a team that's going up in the next level that wants to play at that next level and be considered as you know a top ten, top twenty, real top twenty team in the country. You gotta you gotta go through these type of things, you know. And they're up and coming. They got a bunch of new players, so I don't I don't blame them for the loss. But you, you know, Oregon was just a better team. They got an experienced quarterback. Um, they got all the bells and whistles for a college football team. They get the best players, the best recruits. Um, but I'm still riding yeah. with my man, Prom, man. We still riding with Brian. We ain't worried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was rough watching that just because they were they were just overmatched by like pretty much every position, like O line, D line, like them giving up all those sacks. They really couldn't protect protect Shador. He didn't really have any time. Uh, it was it was just difficult to see, especially like they didn't score that touchdown to like literally the last two minutes yeah. of the game. So it was just like, bro, y'all getting forty, and all of America was you know watching it like it was fight night, but. I mean, you know, that's what happens. I mean, you play, you play, a, you know, a competitive team, a, a superior team, uh, a team that's in the top ten that's very talented. They got a Heisman candidate themselves and Bo Nix, so they got some players. So, I mean, it's one of those things. You know, you just you you get so caught up in like the hype, uh, you know, coach coach prime bravado, but you still have to play the game. And I think that was just you know they had they played a team that's on another level. Yeah, that that's per- that's the perfect way to put it. Oregon is just another level. Um, I didn't like what the coach said, even though like it's regular trash talk. Like he didn't say nothing outlandish, but just saying that 
Colorado was like was playing for click, like clicks. Like I don't, like, I don't, yeah. subscribe, I don't subscribe to that because they won those games. Like they they went on the field and they won those games. They didn't post on social media and all that stuff. They they actually played the game. But um, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Prove it. So you know what I mean. I, I think they earned the right to you know. Um, you know, be hyped and be excited about what they achieved. You gotta still gotta, you know, think about they're still college young athletes. So, you know, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get caught up in their own hype at times. But I mean I mean, but any any anything for the coach to motivate his team, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um he, he got some slack online about it, but I I don't it's just the heat of the moment. Like it's 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 competitiveness. Yeah. I mean it's a big time game. So and he showed why he runs one of the top programs in the country. But just remember Oregon. Y'all was only ranked 10. Y'all ain't you ranked one, two, three, or five. So y'all gonna have some tough tests too. Like everybody has their day. Um, but that's all I gotta say about football. I'm gonna smoke Oregon. Um, but all the basketball news, we got a hot slate of topics for you guys. Um, starting with some of our uh season predictions. Last week we did defensive player of the year, and before that we did coach of the year. This year we got uh, two topics we want to go through. Um, one being rookie of the year, and we had a rule to this one for rookie of the year. Like you can't name Wimbayama. <laughs> this, this segment would have been thirty seconds if we all had named Wimbayama. And so it was. It was still um, pretty a pretty easy choice. So I, I try to stay away from that easy choice. But I'm wondering. Um, I always go first. Always go yeah. first. So, who wants to take rookie of the year first? I'll go. I mean, all right, cool. Yeah, I think you know, Chet Holmgren has a good chance at it. He's going to be on a high level competitive team. He should have a good role within that team. So, I think he'll have an impact offensively and defensively. So, you know, he's my sleeper pick. I also like Brandon Miller from Charlotte. I think he, he's going to get a lot of opportunities to score. Um, you know, wing players always get the ball in their hands a little bit more. So, I think those are my guys. You know, I always come up with two. I can never make a decision. Yeah, I'm just about to say that. Like, damn it, Austin. And <laughs> <laughs> one, this is cheating. Yeah, I'm yeah, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna just. I mean, obviously, it's only. There's a very short list of players who we think are actually going to win the award. It's probably like three, maybe four players if you want to throw Brandon Miller in that in that list. But I'll go with Scoop. Uh, you know, I think right off the bat, along with Wimby, um, and I think that's the the, the 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 thing that all three of the top three or four of the top candidates have when it comes to rookie of the year is opportunity. Some of these players, when you get to like five, six, seven, like the Thompson twins and other players like that, they probably won't see the floor or be relied on as heavy. I think Scoot's going to step in as a starter day one. Same with Brandon Miller, Wimby, and Chet. Um, so I go with Scoop just because, you know, he has the opportunity. Um, his team's probably not going to be that, very, that good, so he'll probably put up good numbers, which will help his case. Um, and I think he's solid. I think he, his body-wise, his NBA-ready. Um, out of all the players that were drafted the first round, I would say that Scoop is one of the more NBA-ready players. Um, if that jump shot is consistent, which – from a lot of reports, it wasn't the greatest his last season uh, in the league that he played in. But if he has that jump shot rolling, he has, has the athleticism, I think he'll be a good on-ball defender. Uh, then I think he has a shot. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think we all know this <laughs> one answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I looked at I looked at Scoot Henderson, and I was like, 
that's the next easy choice. So let me try to think about outside the box uh, of who I wanted to choose. And I went with Eamon Thompson. Mm. For, and you know why? He really uh, surprised me during the, during the summer league with his ability to stat, like stuff the stat sheet. Like every time he played, he had like six, six or seven categories that he filled. And I think with the Kevin Porter Jr. news, um, he's likely to be out of Houston. And Cam Whitmore probably won't be ahead of him in the rotation. That only leaves Tari Easton, which I think he'll be able to to beat out for that spot, for the starter spot. And he now has a he, the, you know, Houston has a, a veteran point guard in Fred Van Fleet now, who have some veteran mentorship to give him some toughness on the wing with Dylan Brooks. Sengun is going to take another step, so I expect Houston to be a little bit more competitive, and I think he'll be a big part of that. I think my next best answer would have been Scoot for sure. Um, he'll have the most opportunity. He'll run the team, um, and he's a good player, obviously. Uh, I think for me, Brandon Miller just – I know Summer League is one thing and the season is one thing, but what I saw in the Summer League just doesn't give me much hope for this year, for him to get rookie of the year. And I think that Charlotte has a lot of run-and-gun players, like a lot of people that like like to shoot the ball, LaMelo, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward's going to get his shots. He, so I, I, I don't know if I see that being there. But I think between Wimby – um, if he stays healthy, obviously he's number one, and then Scoot and Amen Thompson for sure is who I pick. What do y'all think about Amen Thompson and the Asura Thompson? I, I feel I like they're, 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 they're really talented, really well skilled, long defenders, uh, long wing players. It really they have like unique skill sets. They can do a lot. I want to. See if they can do a lot. Uh, I like what I saw in the summer league though. Really good passers, uh, run the floor great. Um, and I love their intensity. Like they get, they were getting after it almost on every play. Good communicators, um, high intelligent guys. When I when I watch them play, and they're a little bit mature. They're like twenty years old. So they're a little bit older than those, you know, fresh one and dones. They played in some professional environments. So I really like watching both games. I think Amen and Asore are going to be really talented players. Um, I'm excited to see their development. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited about both of them. Yeah, same. For the little bit I saw in the summer league. You know, I was I was sort of impressed. I think they'll have the potential to be both of them to be good two way players, um, and I think that's more that's that's real important because as a rookie, if, you, if, you, if the offense isn't there right away, I think if they can defend at a high level, then they'll. they'll... Yeah, and they they got a little bit of like they're little assholes a little bit, bro. Like they have yeah, a little, you... little, little feistiness, right? Yeah, like when I was watching the OTE doc, I'm like, oh, I didn't know they was like this. They they like they talk, they talk, talk. I thought they was like quiet, you know, reserved, but they talk. Um, yeah. so I, I think that's, that's definitely gonna take them a long way. And having Dylan Brooks as a teammate is only gonna enhance that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So let's see who the picks were. Chet and who did you pick? Also, Chet and who else? Uh, I did Chet and I did Brandon Miller. Chet and Brandon Miller and Big was Scoop. All right, bet. On to our second topic, um, most approved player. This was really tough for me. Um, it took me a, a while to come up with a pick, and I, I guess I can go first um, because I think that it's going to be so close. Like, do I go with Mikel Bridges, or did he prove enough last year where it's like he he he's too good to be in that spot? So, And then I had a dark horse, which I'll name at the end of this, and I'm going to go with Max, Tyrese Maxey. Oh, okay. I know 
I'm going to go with Tyrese Matthew. He averaged over 20 points a game last year, and I usually don't like picking, you know, people who average that many points, points, but I really feel like he needs to become their second option if they're going to take that leap. Um, whether Harden's there or not, I don't know what they're going to get for Harden. I don't know if Harden's going to stay, but he needs to be up in the more 25 points per game um, echelon of scorers. He can do it. He can really shoot it. He's faster than, you know, 99% of the people he plays. Good attitude guy. And he can fill it up. Um, I think when you look at the rest of the league, he's he can really ascend to probably being an all-star this year. I think this is the year for that. I think Embiid has a lot of confidence in him, and I think um, he'll be the in the running for the most improved player, but I'm going to say he'll, he'll get that title. Okay. Not mad Come at that. Who's next? <laughs> uh, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with uh, – I mean, he was injured last year, and – I'm not I'm usually not a fan of of giving this award to like young players who came in the league and were already supposed to take big steps each year there in the league. So it's kind of like it's kind of expected when you have a huge jump, like like somebody with SGA, you can kind of understand. But a lot of these players that are on like the type of list, like for betting odds to win this award are like young players who you already expect to take these leaps. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Cade Cunningham uh, just because of the injuries last year. So there's probably a lot of expectation on him. I think he'll be stepping into like a major role over there in Detroit. So I just, I definitely think that his scoring, the way he can shoot, um, obviously he is one of those players I was talking about, a young player that's supposed to make that type of jump. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. Um, I did see him ha- ha- have some uh, betting odds on a couple platforms. Uh, Cade's good, man. Cade's good. I don't know yeah, what his stat is. He's really good. And him and Ivy, they got to make that work. And they have a young roster mixed with some old vets, which is kind of crocky. But um, I like Cade. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, and I heard he uh, played well with the select team for the USA, so I'm excited to see how he comes back in, him and Jaden Ivey next year. Nice young backcourt. Got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. That's the key. Yeah, right. Best abilities, availability, right? Yep. So who's yours? Uh, I'm going to go on, an, on a limb. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my guy, Tyus Jones. New situation in Washington. Um, you know, he played pretty well in San Antonio, but I think he'll have an expanded role in Washington. I'm excited to see him in Jordan Poole. I think he'll just, you know, elevate his team's plays. He's a really, you know, selfless, selfless passer, um, can defend as well. So I think in a big role, he'll be able to show a little bit more what he can do. So I think he's, you know, he's in a, in a prime fit to win the most improved player of the year. You know, I was looking at him. I was looking at him did very you hear hard. My pick before I cut out? What happened? I said, did y'all hear my pick before I cut out? I don't know exactly yeah, where right. I got cut out at. Yeah, we heard you. Uh, Kate Cunningham. All right, cool, cool. And Austin just picked Tyus Jones. I was really looking at him, but I've been hearing rumblings about, like, Washington potentially moving him. So Ooh, I was wow. like, and he, he'd be stepping into, like, a starter's role this year. Yeah, so, you know, you think he'd get an expanded role, quality young player? So I think that, that was just my my thought process for him, just being a bigger role, play with Kuzma, uh, play with Jordan Poole. I think that team, you know, will you know not not do so well competitively, but I think those two will, those three will have to shine and showcase their, their talents. Yeah, Tyus, he averaged like ten and five last year, and I think he definitely has the ability to do like a 
16 and seven person. Like exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, that's a good pick because I was going to pick him. Um, but I had a dark horse pick, and you guys will never see it coming. And this guy is a young talent who's shown flashes and might get the opportunity this year to really flourish with some a potential move being made. And that guy is Shading Sharp. Shading Sharp from the Portland Trailblazers. Average 19, no, 9.9 uh, points per game last year. I think he has real potential as a scorer um, to, to get up to that 17 points per game uh, area if Damian Lillard is moved. Uh, I could see him being in a running. And I'm going to look back and let's see. When the half season starts, the all-star weekend, I'm going to look back and see if my if my pick is, has some juice to it. But I, I like Shader Sharp a lot. Um, I think he's going to be part of that young core with Scoot. Um, we'll see what they do with Anthony Simons. Um, they got some other players as well. But I like Shader Sharp, man. Let's see if he's going to be one of those picks for most improved player. Yeah. I like that pick. I like that, that dark horse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think his his teammate Anthony Simons, if he stays healthy, he's in that mix too. I, I want to I wanted to look at him, but he averaged so many points, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, when he's healthy, I mean, he is a bucket. But it's just like he'll have these flashes for like 12, 15 games, and then he's gone for the next thirty, forty. Yeah, we'll so, see what they do, man. I think yeah, that game leaving can have a lot of effect on that team, so we'll see. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited. I really want to see what Chauncey Billups can do in his second year as a coach. Yeah, Chauncey, I mean, for what they was going through last year, um, with you know, Dame was injured, the young crew, I think he did a pretty good job. Uh, it wasn't like they were the Rockets, let's put it that way. And, you know, they, they tried their best to compete. They just didn't have talent. I think he's got the, some development to do. I think they need to move off Nurkic. I need to, I think that time is, is, yeah, has passed. The time has passed. <laughs> The time has passed. Um, well, they actually, I think they just re-signed him, actually. So we'll see about his trade potential. They, they've been uh, rumblings about him. A lot of teams wanting a defensive-minded center. So, But um, we'll see. And, and I love how he let you know let some of the guys, like uh, Trendon Watford, um, he let some of the guys like play last year. Probably wouldn't have gotten an opportunity elsewhere, but that was good to see. Yeah. I think if Dame gets moved, Nurkic is on his way in that deal. Or like a supplement on the side deal along with that just to shed that salary. Um, so we'll see what the Portland Trailblazers do. Like a lot of money this offseason, which was very surprising. Who decided? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Grant, it's Jesus Christ, Grant paid, like, a lot of money. <laughs> they did <laughs> for five years, I think. Too. Oh man, yeah, it was like five uh, years, one sixty. Like, yeah, it was a very questionable deal. Um, but Jeremy Grant's a good player. I mean, but Jesus, oh yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good, you know, good, you know, good defensively. Can you know shoot it? Can create off the bounce? You know, he's de- and he's developed like over the last three or four years. I remember him in Denver. He's just you know light years from where he was then. But I mean, to give that guy like essentially, you're making him the cornerstone once you try to move Dame. Yeah, it's like what direction we talked about this, right, Austin? Like, what direction are you going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you don't just puzzle, right? Yeah, if you're gonna let Dame go, the, the the direction would be clear to just start the rebuild. But if you have these fringe all star players who are still making a decent amount of money, but at the same time not really getting you wins or in the playoffs, then it's kind of you know what I'm saying. They're just gonna end up being in like purgatory because if Scoop steps up and you still got you know Jeremy and he's balling, yeah, you might end up winning you know 
a decent amount of games. But then the picks that you get moving forward to be like mid tier. That's not what yeah, you want yeah. when you're losing. When you're when you're pivoting from your superstar of the last decade, you 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 should embrace the bottom. Yeah, I, I would. I, it seems like they 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 like. Oh yeah, we're gonna get rid of Dane, but we're gonna kind of want to be competitive. Like I don't think you can do both. I think it's just either starting over or you still trying to win. But you, it's gonna be hard to do both. Yeah, exactly. For sure, and and like. They got some pieces they can move, like Anthony Simons, but why would you want to get rid of him when he meet, matches your timeline? They could probably get some picks for him. They matched Matisse's uh, contract offer from, I forget who, but I, that was puzzling. Yeah. Why would, why would they, like, from Dallas, like, why would you match that? Like, if, I don't know, Matisse, Matisse is a good defensive player, but he doesn't do it for me. Like, if, if I want to sign him to a, a extension. They got Chris Murray in the draft, who's older but can contribute right away. They Ryan Rupert, who's has a promising future. So they got some young pieces, but that Jeremy Grant one just sticks out to me. Yeah. Um, and to, to stick in the Portland, I guess realm. Uh, in our next topic, Dame was on a, a podcast, and he was talking about the bubble. And me and Big talked about the bubble a few weeks ago. Austin, I think you uh, were at the golf tournament about how disrespectful fans are towards like players and the Lakers in particular who won the championship in the bubble and puts that asterisk uh, next to their name. So he went on there and had some interesting topics and uh, I'm just going to play a clip real quick. It was like, that, I felt like that was the best version of me to that point. So like, I don't understand what people mean when they talk about any credit. I feel like it would have been hard to to win that because people was fresh bro now you got people talking about the mental health and we stuck on the resort i didn't i didn't deal with none of that but i feel like based off of how my body felt and what i knew our experience was like we had never see a, a more fresh version of like the opposition than we did at that time yes now that's what I've been saying since day one, and not just because I'm a Laker fan. It's just like, yes, they, there was no home crowd, but there also was no away crowd. Like, there was no home games. Everybody was on a, a clean slate. Uh, everybody was just focused on basketball. I get it, the mental health thing, um, even though Dame said he wasn't going through that. Like, I feel like multiple people or multiple teams were going through that. It was not like one team wasn't going through mental health issues and another wasn't. Everybody was on a playing field. So can we stop putting the asterisk next to the championship bubble? Can we stop doing that? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with of it either. It's stupid. It's it's like you said, the all the obstacles and in and, and the even playing field with the no fans and stuff. I mean, can can we just be a hundred a hundred with with it? The only reason that ring has an asterisk is because it's LeBron. That's it. If anybody else would have won that shit, yeah, maybe people would have been like oh, a little bubble, but it wouldn't have been as big. the The movement to to make that bubble ring a a phony ring or or not really worth you know just not like a a real ring is because of LeBron. That's the only reason. Because had Miami won, if Denver won, if any of those teams won, people would have been saying the exact opposite. Like, yo, they went to the bubble and thugged it out and won. But because the LeBron hate is crazy, people want to do that just to discredit it. That's really all it is. 
it's insane, bro. And yeah, I, feel I, like I definitely agree. Yeah, LeBron aspect has a lot to do with it. I think a lot of people also look at it when the when the players like had the vote and were thinking of possibly of like walking out and you know discontinuing the the bubble. That's what gives a lot of people like, oh, the players are mentally checked out. Uh, they weren't you know at their regular schedules. It was different and off. But I definitely think had it been any other team that won, we would definitely you know give it more validation. So I mean, but like I agree with Dane's comments. I mean, guys who are fresh, they had a couple you know couple you know weeks off, were able to recoup. Um, focused on basketball, didn't have the outside discretion. So I think, you know, from a competitive standpoint, yeah, it's it's, it's as, you know, it's as accredited as any other championship. But from an entertainment standpoint, because we didn't have fans, that's what kind of the, we're the ones who are talking about it, not the actual people within the know. The casual fans great. are the ones who don't love it. That's That's a great point. And you got to think about everything that was going on during the bubble, like all the racial injustice um, yeah. news. That came out. The Bucks walked out of a game and didn't play. Uh, they're away from their families. Obviously, COVID in general, like that's hard to play through. And and those teams should get the credit for for playing through that and honing in on their craft. Um, and then it's just like I feel like Jimmy Butler gets more credit for not winning <laughs> than LeBron got gets for winning. Like everybody's yeah. talking about. How much Jimmy Butler did during those during the bubble, and you know the infamous picture of him, and he played extremely well. Obviously, um, I mean the they beat the Bucks and the Celtics. Like, yeah, they so they played he had a remarkable. He had a remarkable finals too. Like he he really played well, and he was he was killing us. I'm not gonna lie, but he didn't win, and I feel like he gets credit for <laughs> just just playing well. And then, you know, obviously the Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray back and forth, something that we probably won't see for a few years. And yeah, man, it was it was high level basketball being played. We can't appreciate it because there were fans in the crowd. So yeah. I appreciated Dave for coming out and speaking about about out about it because players have done that before. Kyle Kuzma did it before, obviously. And fans just don't listen. Just cause like like Big said, it's LeBron. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that broccoli, that broccoli is real. Oh yeah, you know it, man. Um, all right. Bubble news, cool. Next, this is this was fun for me, and I don't know how fun it was for you guys. This next topic, Buddy Hill has been rumored to been stopping some contract negotiations with the Pacers. Um, he was offered an extension, but didn't feel like. You know, he didn't want it. He wanted more money. Uh, so yeah. he's they, they're going to start having talks. And I came up with a few moves that I think make sense. Um, I looked at contenders, and I didn't really see any moves that could be made financially because with the whole new second apron tax, it's going to be hard for, for these contenders who have these high salaries to to move a one-to-one type of contract for Buddy Heald. Buddy Hill's on a really nice contract. He's like over, a little bit over $19 million a year. Um, so I'm going to go through the – I think how many you got that? I only got two. But I think they're doable, and I think they make sense. Um, my first one is Buddy Hill to the Orlando Magic for Jonathan Isaac, for Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony, and a protected first. Okay. So I think – this makes sense for both teams. Jonathan Isaac is not guaranteed next year, so you can just wipe his salary off and just treat it as expiring. You get to upgrade your pack up point guard. Um, 
I mean, yeah, your backup point guard for Indiana. Uh, I think that who, who's a um, backup point guard? Holiday, uh, the white kids. I forget oh, his name. The white kid. Yeah, I forget his name. Damn, I just I should have wrote it in my notes. But you get to uh, upgrade your backup point guard spot to TJ McConnell. You get to upgrade it to Cole Anthony, and you know he's he's been. Proven to to fill it up, uh, athletic young uh, project that you can work on, and you know I think he'll be a, a great six seven man for for the Pacers. And you get a protected first. Uh, it's not a full first, but you get a protected first. You get some assets for Buddy Hill. And with Orlando, they need to, they need upgrade at a shooting guard. Um, Gary yeah, Harris is good. Yeah, they need a shooter. Um, Gary Harris, I think, can slide off to the bench role. And he um, he has some problems with staying healthy throughout the season. And Orlando needs to make these types of moves to make the playoffs. Like, no more waiting around. You got Paolo Banchero, who's a future all-star. You got Franz Wagner, who could be an all-star. You got Wendell Carter, who's a really, really good big. You got point guards, Jalen Suggs and Markel Foles. Like, Buddy Hill would fit into that really well and get you guys probably over, you know, a few games where you couldn't win. He could probably shoot you into some games that you, you can win now. And those, these are the type of moves that that incrementally get you better, and I think this makes sense. What do you guys think? I think that's a really good move. They definitely need shooting. Or Orlando, I mean, I think they definitely need a veteran presence to help them, you know, learn how to win. I don't know if that's going to be uh, Buddy Hield. But I think as far as basketball fit, they need a shooter. Buddy Hield is exactly that. He just lights, shoots, lights it up, um, lets it fly. Um, I mean, the last two to three years, I think he's led the NBA in three-point field goals made. So I, I would love to see him make a change. Um, I think that's a sol- I think that's a solid fit. Um, yeah, I mean, if you need a shooter, Buddy Hills is the guy. So I think that that makes a lot of sense right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a. I can't think of a team that I would like to see him go to. Uh, I'm not really invested in nobody but the Celtics. You know, what I'm saying Gang Green. <laughs> but uh, but I think uh, there's a there's a lot of teams who are, who 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 could make that that postseason run but but need that 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 floor stretcher. I think Cleveland will be a good spot. Uh I don't really know the specifics of what they would have to give up, but I think that would be a good spot for him. I think what they have on that team, they have a lot of creators, they got some good bigs, but they don't really have like the the catch and shoot can like Rel said, can, you know, maybe hit you a couple big threes in a game that can keep you in that game. Um I know they got the guy. Yeah, I was just about to say I know they got Max Bruce, but I mean, yeah, I, I think I still think you could you could always use more shooters. And I mean, and then he could you know he could always come to Boston, man. Ain't that wrong? <laughs> oh, right. He could yeah, always come play with the gang. I mean, Brogdon is on the table. <laughs> do you send him back to Indiana? Indiana? Ooh, like, do we give up Brogdon to get hit? I don't. First of all, Indiana wouldn't do. I mean, Indiana wouldn't do that. So let's let's just stop right there. Um, secondly, I do like the Cleveland, and I looked at Cleveland, um, but you would have to get up like Levert and somebody else probably to get him. So yeah, I mean, yeah, the well, second Levert's team. Just kind of off the barrel, so I don't think that movie makes sense. I was maybe thinking maybe possibly the Clippers. They lost Eric Gordon, so maybe you need some shooting on the perimeter. Um, trying to think who else a, a good backup. Oh, maybe Minnesota. Yeah, I was looking at those teams. Minnesota, they just don't have 
assets. Assets like, to move. Yeah, that, yeah that, that, have, I was looking at potentially a Harden Clippers Indiana freeway, but mm-hmm. even that's going to be difficult with the second apron tax and you know Harden salary, and that's that's going to be difficult and it's above my, my pay grade. But the other <laughs> one, I, the other one I saw that I think can potentially happen, and listen to this one. Oh shoot, let me go in my name. Tim Hardaway Jr. Okay. Devin Hardy. Devin Hardy. And Devin Hardy in two in two seconds for, for heel. I actually really like that. I think I I like that a lot. You got Kyrie, Luca, Buddy, Grant Williams, and let somebody fight it out for the for the center spot. Derek Lively or who else? Whoever else they have. <laughs> Whoever's gonna be banging the board. Like Powell. That would be that would be a great pickup for, for Dallas, for sure. You got Luka handling the rock or Kyrie dishing it out to Buddy. Buddy can shoot it from anywhere. And then you just got three lights-out shooters on your team? Jesus yeah. Christ. And they got Seth Curry, too, so don't forget that. They, I mean, they got some shooting, but they're going to need the defense. And I, I don't know if Buddy Hill is uh, an upgrade over Tim Hardaway at, uh, at, on defense, defensively. Well, <laughs> if, you, if, you can't, if you can't play defense, do you just go for all shooting? Yeah, just, we're gonna outscore you guys. Yeah, do you just put your sliders all the way to the right? <laughs> Tim, I, I like that philosophy. Tim Hardaway Jr. ain't saving you on the defensive end, so you might as well just go with Buddy, who's like a better shooter. Even though Tim Hardaway Jr. is a good shooter. Yeah, I like Tim Hardaway Jr. No, I'm I'm a big fan of his man. Been been a big fan of his since Michigan, man. You know, plays well, competitive. You know, just good player overall. So, but. Eh. I don't, think, the Hardaway, I don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. is saving you on the defensive end, but I definitely think that if I had to pick who to play, I would play Tim Hardaway. I feel like his defense is a little bit better, and I don't think – I no, nah, Buddy Hill is a knockdown shooter, but Tim Hardaway ain't no slouch when it comes to the three. Yeah. He can't defend wings. I don't know Hold if on. Buddy Hill Hold has on. ever been a defender. Hold on. Did you, did you say you would rather play Tim Hardaway Jr. than than Buddy Hill? I'm just saying if you if if you're if you need like a plug and play player, if you're not, I'm not relying on either one of them to win us a game. I'm saying Tim Hardaway's defense. It dep- I guess it just depends on your team and what you have around. I do understand if you just go player for player and just look at them for who they are, you probably would feel that Buddy Hill is the better player. But like I said, Tim Hardaway's Jr.'s defense, the fact that he can play better defense than Buddy Hill, but his jump shot is not. You know what I'm saying? Like if you sub them two out just on a three-point catch-and-shoot stance, like – it's not it's that right, huge man. of a drop off. It's not that huge of a drop off. You're not putting in uh you're not taking out a shooter taking out a shooter and putting it in an on shooter. Tim Hardaway Jr. can catch and shoot with, with the best of them. obviously he's not Steph, but I don't think there's a big drop off. But I think that when you sub in Tim Hardaway for Buddy Hill, you're gonna get a better wing defender. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, so here's some here's some stats and you tell me what you think about it. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. shot it at 38%, 7.7 attempts a game at 14 points a game. Buddy healed 16.8 points a game, uh, 42.5% from three on eight and a half threes per game. So not too far off, but that shit adds up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I get it. I get it. Like I said, it really depends on the team. 
Tim Hardaway had in uh, Dallas. So I think, you know, just comparing them off the numbers is a little difficult. But like you said, the impact on the court defensively, I think when you have Luka and Kyrie, you're going to need a defensive player to, you know, pick up the slack um, and, you know, just really just bring it. Um, and I don't think Buddy Hill is, is, is in, in the defensively. I think they're, you know, their shooting is closer than they are defensively because Buddy Hill is, is not going to strap the way Tim Hardaway Jr. does. Yeah, I just feel like you, Buddy Hill is a good shooter, but he is not, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of Tim Hardaway Jr. That you would be like, uh, who cares about the defense? Like, they are close enough in in their shooting aspects that I would go Tim Hardaway Jr. just because he'll add a little defense. Now, is he locking people up? Is he some great one on one defender? No, but he's long, he's athletic, and he's actually known to actually play a little defense. Where Buddy Hill does not, yeah. But I'm not gonna lie. Like when Buddy Hill gets hot, it's you know it's it's a problem. Like if he gets hot, he's, he's, he can nine threes is not unfathomable. Like he can right. do that, right? So, but so, I, like I said, I think it just depends on the situation. Now, if we were talking yeah. hypothetically, let's say hypothetically, we're talking about who would fit better on the Lakers, you'd probably go with Buddy Hill because on the Lakers they have enough wing defenders that you don't need someone exactly. to come in and yeah. actually do that. In that case, you just want a sniper, someone who could get yeah, the ball, right. spe- you know, make space for others, you know, thing. but when you're talking about a team like Dallas, who Luka and Kyrie aren't defenders, just call it what it is, they aren't great defenders. You want a wing defender on the floor. Like, Luka, Kyrie, and Buddy Hill, that they're getting torched. Now, they're going to put up a bunch of points, but they're getting torched. <laughs> At least with Luka, Kyrie, and Tim Hardaway on the floor, you can put, there's somebody you could say, Okay, we can have this person guard the best player. Now, is it going to be effective? Who probably not, because the the best players on on teams, especially the wing players, are just really good. But I'd much rather take my chances with Tim Hardaway than Buddy Hill. But again, like I said, if it's a different team like the Lakers, then you can plug Buddy Hill in there and get better results because you don't need the defense as much. Uh, um, I feel like I'm always getting jumped by you guys. I'm always getting jumped. <laughs> Yeah, because you always want to play devil's advocate and try to go against the no, grain. No, I actually, I actually don't agree. You even brought out the stats, bro. I actually don't agree because here's hear me out. Nobody's looking at Tim Hardaway, and you guys, you guys alluded to it, so you you guys are being fair. Like he's not, he's probably in a, a little bit above average defender. He's not like a lockdown defender. I think they actually rely on Josh Green and will rely on Josh Green this year to be that defensive. Uh, wing person because he he has I think he has a lot more energy and you know uh, a little bit more bounce on defense uh, but they were 25th in defensive rating last year like Tim Hardaway Jr. being gone and upgrading your shooting to me by a lot like I, I don't think Hardaway is in the same class of a shooter as Buddy Hill I don't care about the numbers or nothing like that that makes sense to me you got Grant Williams now, who can be a, a wing defender for you guys on the main person. Rashawn Williams, they got, but he's, I mean, Rashawn Holmes, sorry. He's hes not really, they got Dwight Powell as a decent defender. <laughs> Other than that, they don't, they don't really have defenders. So, like, that one piece, Tim Hardaway Jr., mm, I'm going to upgrade shooting there and try to find out if I can get a defender somewhere else. That's just my logic on it. Because you were 25th in defensive rating last year with, with Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, he didn't help your defense that much. You were the bottom five defense. <laughs> so. I mean, but, I, I, see, I see your point. But I, just, I, just, I just don't think subtracting the little defense you had 
for a, for a little improvement on shooting is the best velocity. But I mean, but that doesn't have to be the only move you make, though. That doesn't have to be the only move you make. Get buddy, trade somebody no, no, else. No, no, I agree. I agree. I, you know, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. That doesn't have to be the only move you make. But by doing that move, don't you feel like it's kind of like you didn't improve too much? Because I, I think Buddy Hill, Buddy Hill, realistic. If you break down the numbers on the attempts, on the three point attempts made and field goal percentage, he's a top five three point shooter in the NBA, right? So you so want you that get, on your team? But do you get that much better by adding the three point? Like you, all you're doing is getting a specialist, essentially. I feel, yes, I mean, in my opinion, because you because you got Kyrie and, and Luca. I mean, if if Tim Hardaway shoots the ball, if you if Luca kicks it out to Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah, you're gonna run out contest the shot. If Buddy Hill's over there, you ain't That's leaving Buddy Hill. Yeah. You ain't leaving him. So Luca yeah. has driving lanes. Kyrie has driving lanes. And it opens up the floor for everything. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a good shooter, like 38% on That's a very valid point. That's a very valid That's point. Best. It's incredible, but but he I is just a lateral move, though. I don't, I don't think you get better by, by making that move, to be honest with you. That's fair, that's fair. Maybe, maybe you don't, but I maybe I'm just high on Buddy Hill. Maybe yeah, just, I uh, think that's Buddy, if you if I you watch the game, Buddy Hill's one of the best shooters in the NBA, and he has a, a, a great form too. So I really enjoy watching him play, but I just, I just don't think you improve. Yeah. I'm agree. I'm in agreement with Austin. I mean, you could swap either or, depending on the situation, you might get better results. But I think just a swap for each other, it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it'll open up the lanes for Luke and Kyrie, but I, it doesn't make the team that much better. But I agree with you, Rel. If you're just talking about player for player, I, I, I mean, I probably take Buddy Hill too. Yeah, <laughs> he just is the higher ceiling because of his, his shooting ability. But I mean, yeah, that's that's it. Oh, good. Let's have some healthy dials from there. <laughs> we, just spent 10 minutes, we just spent 10 minutes on Buddy Hill and Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> 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 no, that's how you know we're crazy about this hoop stuff. Yeah. Um, word. But this next topic, oh, my God, bro. Babe, this is all you right here. I'll play the clip. You just tell me. my Our boy... Uh, Agent Zero was going off on Akeem. Uh, oh, Giannis was on the 48 Minutes podcast the other, other two weeks ago, maybe. We talked about it last week. And he's going to work out with Akeem. Um, and rumor is Akeem is charging 50000 for his for a session. So uh, Gilbert has some things to say, but I'll throw it to you now, big. Big, this is your topic yeah, my bad, man. The, sir, I'm trying to get my Wi-Fi to come back on. My bad, my bad, my bad. But yeah, it it it, it, it was funny as hell. So Gilbert went on the pod or his own pod, and he's basically ranting. Um, God, this shit was funny. Uh, and I, I mean, in in a, in a sense, I kind of feel him. He's basically saying how you know the moves that Hakeem could teach Giannis might not really work out in the NBA. I, I I'd say. That's not so much true. I think if anybody can benefit from a solid post game, it's probably Giannis because teams have already shown you that they can do the little kind of build the wall. And if you got a tall enough, athletic enough defender, then you're not going to – no one's going to stop Giannis, but you can make it harder for him. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm like half and half on, on, on Gilbert's point. He, he, was, he was real funny about it. The way he did the dream shake – I lost it. I'm going to play the clip real quick. (laughs) 
When you came in the league in 1984, you was against 50,000 a game. <laughs> you trying to make your money back due to youth. Giannis, no. But what about the fucking money? There is no fucking money. No, I'm all for trainers getting their money a week. You know how many big men we did? Hey, I blame, I blame Hakeem Olajuwon for the reason we lost Big Ben. Uh, the reason the five men is gone is because they go on the motherfuckers from the 90s and 80s learning their motherfucking booze. No. 50,000. 50,000? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so 50,000 is a stretch. But I also I also think that they're... Yeah, I mean, he's right. If you're talking about early 2000s and I'm a big man, I would have I went to Hakeem, you know, wouldn't have been no question. But if you're talking about the way that the game is played today and you have these hybrid bigs that could do a little bit of everything... And let's just be honest, like, the, the bigs who sit under the basket and shoot hook shots all day, they're just non-existent in the league. You just don't. I think, like, the last great non-shooting big was, like, what, Dwight? So, like, yeah. I don't – I just I, – I, I agree with him in that aspect. If I'm a Giannis, I'm going, I'm going to Dirk. You know what I'm saying? Someone all, all around that range. Because even if he can't teach me to shoot, just the footwork aspect of, like, getting fadeaways and just – just working on form, I think those are things that Giannis needs to do. I what do you think I he's working on? Who? What do you think he's working on? Definitely footwork back to the basket stuff. He's working yeah, like, he can, he can, he can, he has to be footwork for, for sure. Yeah. Definitely has to be, you know, low block back to the basket. Um, that's that's what all I can foresee. Um, but I love to hear like guys like Giannis who continually want to improve their game. Like, it'd have been well, so easy for young to say, oh, okay, you know what I mean? I'm going to work out, work out. But, like, to seek advice from these greats, and I think, you know, it, it doesn't hurt. For sure. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't hurt. I'm not – I don't fifty 50K is a lot. But if you're talking about <laughs> – if you're talking about training Giannis, I mean, yeah, I mean, Giannis got it. 50K ain't shit to Giannis. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. but I feel, like, I, I feel like I feel like the things that Giannis needs – and again, like I said, the the post up Giannis needs more than just a back to the basket game. People are going to double Giannis in the post. They're not going to just let him do some up. Yeah, this, up, up, up right and now. Him to score. Hold on. When is when was Hakeem just a back to the basket player? I mean, I mean, he wasn't just a little back to the basket, but I mean, he was a lo- generally a low block. He wasn't really, you know, I mean, a perimeter oriented right. big, you know, to step out and shoot it too much. But he can. That's not what he could. No one said he could. We talking about. We talking about. Look, look. When you when you talking about going, like if someone's to come to me for training, back when I was in my heyday in basketball, chances are they they it was someone that wanted to know like rebound positioning. And then yeah, I could hit a hook shot. Come to me for that. You're not paying Hakeem fifty thousand to to teach you anything else. <laughs> you pay somebody fifty thousand, especially Hakeem. You're gonna learn. You're gonna learn from him what he does best. Yeah, exactly. Oh, guys, of course, yeah. I'm not saying that he can't teach him more. I'm not saying, but if you're talking about what Giannis is most likely going there for, like and what Hakeem at his age and you know what what he can most give to a player is that the back to the basket, the more low post game. If you're talking about yo, I want to go learn how to shoot a mid range for as good as Hakeem was, you're not about to just specifically go to him. No, but he has a shooting coach for that. <laughs> He's going to Hakeem for footwork. Hakeem probably has one of the top five best feet footwork 
ever. So that's going to be addressed, his footwork. What do I want from Giannis? I don't want him shooting a bunch of mid-range jump shots. I want him in the mid and low post, and I want him to use that footwork to get to the basket. He ain't just shoot, shooting hook shots and practices with Hakeem. Listen, I've, I've seen the footage of Hakeem training players, and you can find it on YouTube. He, he, he had uh, sessions with Kobe, LeBron, Dwight Howard, a multitude yeah. of players. So he's not just teaching them post moves. He's teaching them positioning, offense, and probably defense, one of the best defensive players of all time. And also footwork, face-ups, uh, reverse pivots, uh, all that stuff. So I don't know why he's charging players. Like, that's that's a little, he's, he's a pretty wealthy man. But I think Giannis is learning a shit ton. Of, yeah. Trust me. I agree. I'm not. I'm not mad at him going there. We were addressing, you know, Gilbert's thoughts on it. I'm not mad at him. I would never right. like if I had to, you know, in my heyday to train with Akeem, whether I needed to uh, to learn a better, I was I'd go there too. So I have no Gilbert's problem funny. with it. Gilbert's funny as hell, but he's wrong. He's wrong for what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, think we can no, no, I get it. Now, the thing, the things that you named is cool, but the things that, and I don't know if Akeem is going to be teaching him this, but the things that. That 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 Gilbert was making in front of, like, and no one's getting a, you, you, the chances of you getting away with like a dream fake these days. It's really gonna be hard. Like the shit that actually like that was Akeem's bread and butter. You don't see the up and under move a lot, and this this no. is the way the offense is and how teams play with just switching. Like no one, like I think one thing Hakeem benefited from in his time of day is that, at least from what I see in about nineties basketball, it just wasn't a whole lot of double like straight up double teams and he benefited a lot from having other big you know defensive centers guard him that thought they could guard him so he would just cook them in the post no one's letting Giannis just establish footwork do a couple spin moves and get off an easy hook he'll be double by the time he gets to his second dribble but I'm not saying what I'm not saying but Hakeem him going to Hakeem would definitely be beneficial I mean if you don't have it, have it all. Anything that you can learn from a great would be beneficial. Nah, I think, I think it's totally beneficial because I think Giannis already does a good job of like eluding phys- physicality. Like he can, he's able to go around people. Just this will enhance it. Like he's teaching them some new moves, some new tricks. Um, obviously, he needs to address his shooting in his perimeter game. I think he's doing that already. Like he, I that, know he has that, that was that was more so my point. If I'm Giannis and I got a budget to go get a trainer. I would uh, Hakeem wouldn't be my first decision. I'd he be already has more, a like, I'd would you, be more, would you know I'd what's kind of funny about that? I'm just like, talking about if you had to go if you had to go to an NBA trainer, I'd be more looking at like a Dirk. Because yes, because that's what's gonna uh, to extend Giannis's career even more. There's gonna come a point in time where Giannis just isn't the fastest, biggest, strongest dude on the court no more. And then what? Is he just gonna post my up all game? My question is you think he's not working on his jump shot? I didn't, bro. That's not. Well, I, I, think he is, but I also think like, like he's doing what you do well, right? Like sometimes you, you like we heard uh, Kevin Looney had a clip at the Rico Hines workout where he was just saying so many guys in the off season want to implement and add new things to their game, and it's just like improve on what you already do well and have your niche, as opposed to just trying to add all these things in your bag and then you're not really proving at all. That yeah, that's it. Like I wouldn't, like I don't. You, I want Giannis to improve his, his perimeter shooting, but I don't want him spending all the off season thinking he's gonna be this three point sniper because that ain't it. 
No, but if it came out, but if it came out that let's just say Giannis did 300 total hours of working out this summer, if it came out that 200 of it was him shooting jump shots, I'd be okay with that because Giannis is who he is. Now, if you're talking about an up and coming player that still needs to learn these things, cool. But if I'm Giannis, I don't. I'm not saying that what Hakeem can learn isn't beneficial, but if I'm Giannis and I'm already a decent post-up player, I already know what my niche is and how to score, I'm going to spend that $50,000 on enhancing things that I don't really know how to do. That's all I'm saying. Not saying that he already learned from Hakeem. Not saying that he can't learn from Hakeem. Any player, no matter who you are, shit, Michael Jordan can learn from Hakeem. Obviously, LeBron and Kobe did. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if there's a if there's a budget, even though Giannis probably doesn't have a fucking budget, if they <laughs> if they be like, "Yo, we got to get you on with a, a just one NBA trainer this year," hypothetically, I'm just saying, and I got to help Giannis make that decision. I'm going. I don't know. I would just probably go someone with. I would. I would. I, if I'm Giannis right now, you're in the middle of your prime. He, everyone knows Giannis could probably not work on that shit all summer. He could probably not do one footwork drill all summer and still going to have a damn near 30 this year. Yeah. All right. Who, who, I, I want to get huh? off Giannis. I want to get off Giannis. Um, it's clear that Big doesn't like Giannis. I don't know why. I didn't, say, that. Like, I didn't say I like Giannis. Giannis is one of the best players in the league. Yeah, I like Giannis. Coming off last week, your passion for Giannis and this week, I don't know, man. I don't know. What, See, I don't you, know what we, you, excuse you, you, you mistaken my passion for, <laughs> my passion for Giannis. My passion was for the how he doesn't get the superstar, the bad superstar treatment. Giannis, right, 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 we got to guess. Yeah. We got to guess. We got to get to our guess. Yeah, we got to get to our. All right. Right, we'll save it for off the pod. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, this go, I'm just going to go through the round table of news real quick before we get to our guest. Um, Usher was announced Super Bowl halftime performer this year. Congratulations to him. Congratulations, Usher. Uh, what a year for it's been for him. Um, Warriors is not signing Dwight Howard, so I know he's pretty disappointed because that would have been a good fit for him. A little surprised uh, there. Yeah, I was a little surprised as well, but they seem like they want to have some flexibility. So, I mean, hey. Um, winning time got canceled. Damn. After two seasons, uh, I was in the middle of watching season two, and I was surprised because I, I like that show. So I, I guess it was a uh, writer's thing, budget thing. So no yeah, more winning time. Thing, so, you know, it's kind of sad to see it go. Yeah, I hope somebody picks it back up. Uh, maybe Netflix or something. Um, Adrian Wilson, defensive player of the year in the WNBA. Congratulations to her. Two times. Two times now. Back to back. And... Shannon Sharp opened up about Skip. Um, said it took a lot for him not to put his hands on Skip. <laughs> he was gonna fight Skip. Damn. Don't um, do it. I don't. I don't. I didn't think it was that serious, but uh, it sounded pretty serious. He said his family was, you know, trying to rally around him, and it was one of the lowest points of his TV career. Man, that that hurts. But um. He's on. He's been doing a great job with, with Stephen A. Now he has the show uh, Club Shay Shay. He has a show with Ocho Cinco now. So he's working, working. Um, yeah. So shout yeah. out. No days off. Hardest man in show. Working man in show business. He took over uh, Stephen A. Spot. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Both of them are, are they competing for it, man. Every night they go on like YouTube. This my my, my yep. daily talk show. I mean, like that. Can, can you take a break? It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hear you guys talk that much, bro. But um, all right. So we have our new segment that we want to uh, implement. 
from time to time. Uh, we're going to call it basketball heads because everybody, everybody thinks they're a basketball head, including us. Um, and we want, you know, pundits, experts, team personnel, fans. We want everybody to come on and, you know, have some topics that they want to share. What's on the top of the mind of, of everybody in the world. So uh, we got our guest today, John. Uh, John, come off mute and introduce yourself. Hey guys, excited to be here. This is uh, John Stens calling in, uh, talking some basketball. Love the pod. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, really appreciate you coming on. Um, obviously, we had our main topics, but really want to dive into what uh, you want to bring to the table. I know you got a couple topics, and uh, yeah, let's 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 get right into it. What what you got for us? Awesome. Well, there's three things that are top of mind right now, one of which I know we were just hitting on it with um, the Dwight Howard news, but really want to talk about these warriors, uh, you know, coming off maybe one of the greatest dynasties of the last, you know, number of decades, potentially even ever four championships within the last decade, but they're aging. You know, you have Clay now is 33. So is Draymond. Steph's 35. Just brought in Chris Paul is nearing 40. Uh, you're looking at a team who had a, a second round exit uh, last year to the to the Lakers, and I'm not sure they're they're marketably better this year. So, really wanted to, to pose the question to the to the group here: Do we think that this run is over? Can the young players they've brought in mesh with some of these older guys, and can they relive some of the greatness that they achieved during the late 2010s and and also in 2022? Wow, that's a good question. God damn, bro. You got the voice of a fucking guy. <laughs> you have the radio <laughs> voice, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hold up. Um, I'll start it off, man. I, I, I definitely don't – I wouldn't go as far as to say it's over. Um, I do think the, 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 the level of ease in which they would just run through the, through the league, that, that's over. Them dominating the league is over. I still think as long as they have Steph, who's – all-time great and still looks like he can still fill it up if 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 Draymond can still be somewhat of a force defensively and if Clay can reform can return to some sort of form you know before the injuries at least be like a consistent knockdown shooter which he's always going to be and then maybe still give you 20 21 points a game I still think the runway is there for them to make deep runs into the playoffs and even maybe win a championship I just think that the rest of the league may have caught up talent wise like there's Super teams all over. You got Phoenix. You got L.A. I just don't think they're just going to run through the league anymore. But, yeah, I, I, I don't think I would go as far as to say that the, the run is over, though. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think their uh, their dominance is, isn't going to be the same um, in the level, you know, that they're going to be playing at. But I still think they'll be a formidable opponent in the West. Like Big said, I mean, you still got, you know, the Suns, you got obviously got the Lakers, you got the Clippers, you got the Nuggets. So I, I don't really see them in that top tier Western Conference team anymore. But I think they'll they'll be competitive. A lot of question marks up front around their bigs. Um, you know, who's who's gonna be in that rotation? I mean, obviously you have Looney and Draymond, but other than that, you still got some question marks. Even with their bench now, um, Moses Moody's gonna have to step up, playing a bigger role. Uh Kaminga's gonna have to play a bigger role. So I don't know if they'll be that dominant team. Um so, yeah, I, I don't want to just, you know, throw them in the dirt just yet. But, I, I mean, I got the shovel. Yeah, I, I think it's over. Over. O-V-E-R. And oh. big, a big thing we're not talking about is Bob Myers leaving. Like, oh, the, or, the, the orchestrator of all of this 
Um, not all of it, obviously, but you know, the behind, behind the scenes front office guy is gone. Um, had the relationship with the players, had the trust, and I think some of the talent is gone. Um, Draymond's yeah. older, Clay, Clay isn't his himself um, from past years, and he's up for an extension. And Joe Lake have got some decisions to make with his pockets. Um, just paid uh, Draymond Green like twenty five a year extension this summer. So he's coming back. The bench is really depleted with Jordan Poole leaving. I'm, I don't know if Moody, Kaminga, no backup big. That's not enough. Um, so I, I don't think that they'll be back in the finals until they make a – unless they get lucky and, and do something, but I don't see it. Yeah, no, I feel that. And, you know, Steph's 35. I mean, last year he put up, you know, nearly 30 points a game. Uh, only played in 56 games, though. So – I'm on board with that as well, and I think anything less than a championship for this Warriors team is is a failure in some ways. I mean, this team's been so good for so long, and you know, the one thing I will say though is the last time I feel like we doubted the Warriors, they they you know spun off another championship in 2022. So you know, it's 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 hard for me to say that I, I count them fully out until until we see we see what happens. Um, but yeah, this this team, especially with all the competition in the West, I think that's a great point. You know, are are they good enough to even get past the Lakers? You know, are the Nuggets going to come back for round two now? Um, so you know, we'll wait and see what happens. But you know, last year was certainly a, a, an awkward situation with all of the young guys, players like Jordan Poole, that just did not mesh with you know, sort of the uh, the old guard of of Clay, Steph, and Draymond. So we'll see if Chris Paul can do that. But I mean, hey, at thirty eight, thirty nine years old, uh, you know, I'm not sure what's uh, what's left in the tank for Paul. Yeah, I got no no faith in that Chris Paul situation. I, that's what that's my guy right there. But I don't, I don't, I never understood the trade or and why they bought him in. I just it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, but hey, you know, to each his own. I, I I definitely don't think if they win, I'm sure Chris Paul will get some credit and you know he'll he'll definitely help contribute to it. But if they win, I don't think it would be because of him or anything he did special. Yeah, I'm, I'm just confused as how, like, from a basketball standpoint, like, that is going to work. I mean, trying to start Chris Paul, um, I mean, then you have Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and then Draymond. So, I don't, from a roster outlook, I'm like, I don't know how that'll work. But, I mean, I, I think the expectations also have to come down. After a second-round exit last year, I don't think the championship expectations are still expectations there. Expectations are still yeah, right. Honestly, we're, we have to just you know, be realistic. I think, you know, you want to make it – you have a team that's competitive when healthy, hopefully the, you know – Steph plays more this year. Hopefully Wiggins plays more this year. But I don't think, you know, the championship expectations are the same. I think they, you know, just being realistic, everybody's expectations have to come down. Yeah. That's 100% fair. I, I, I think what the vision for Chris Paul should be, I have no idea what it is, but what it should be is a guy who comes off the bench and leads the second team of youngsters, you know, the, the Kamingas of the world. You know, I, I don't, to your point, I don't know what it's going to look like with Chris Paul, you know, Clay and Steph all on the floor at the same time. I don't, I don't think that would work. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about it a little bit, uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago. Mark Spears reported that he's hearing that he's going to start, and it might be a uh, a matter of respect for the legend. It might just be a matter of he's going to start now. Let's see if it works. Bring him off the bench later. Um, what do you you live in the Bay, right? What are, what are the what are the rumblings around the Bay about about the Warriors? Is there still optimism? I mean, they have Steph Curry, who's like the most famous person living there. But how how is the the sentiments around the city? People are excited. I I think a lot of people here 
after the year that Steph had, putting up nearly 30 points per game, they're like, yo, this dude can still play. He can still ball. We just need to find the right crew around him. And I think there's some uncertainty right now. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a native New Yorker. I've grown up, and we'll get into this in a second, talk about, uh, talk about my, my hometown, New York Knicks. Um, but in, in a town like San Francisco, with all the winning that's gone on, whether or not the expectation should be championship, it is championship. And anything short of that is a failure for, for Warrior fans. So I, I think they're, they're setting themselves up to be let down because, you know, to all the things we discussed in the last few minutes here, there's a lot of question marks. There's more question marks than, than, than definites for this team in, in 2023, 2024. Uh, but the expectation is championship, especially with the year Steph had last year. For sure. For sure. Okay. What are the questions around the Knicks? Oh, man, where to get started? Uh, I think the Knicks are, you know, uh, a circus again. And it's, you know, for me, most of my life has been torture as a New York Knicks fan, I would say. Uh, But (laughs) in recent years, this team has, has done enough to be extremely competitive, but they're still missing a key piece to be a real serious championship contender. And in the offseason, look, you know, mm-hmm. they, they they fully transformed into a championship Villanova Wildcats team when they, they signed Dante DiVincenzo from those Golden State Warriors. Uh, but there's still so many holes in this roster and so many question marks. I mean, for God's sakes, they're still on the books to pay Evan Fournier over $18 million this year. They haven't even moved his contract or, or come, to, to, come to terms on a trade. Uh, so you're looking at a team that uh, has an incredible regular season production machine in Julius Randle, uh, but someone who really just disappears uh, in, in big spots late in games. And at points, it would actually be better, um, you know, if, uh, you know, they had someone else to power forward or, or Randle were able to sort of turn turn the momentum around from what I've seen as a Knicks fan, which is sloppy ball play and, you know, some inopportune charging fouls, playing a little bit out of control. So the question I pose here is, is what is this team realistically expected to do in 2023, 2024? And can they realistically, there's all this hoopla and drama around, you know, potentially going out and getting Giannis, potentially, you know, being the James Harden sweepstakes, potentially going out and getting Dame. Is that realistic in 2023, 2024? And if it's not realistic, can this team actually improve upon a second-round exit when they lost to the Heat last year? I'll let Austin go first on this one. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of interesting questions around my Knicks, my my New York Knicks. But um, yeah, I hear you, Joe. I think realistically, we just want to have a competitive roster. Last year, we made it to the second round. We lost to the Heat ultimately. Um, so I think that was just you know a good to see it. When the last time had the, had the Knicks won a playoff series, so for, we had to get back to a competitive standpoint. So I think from from the fan base, we're happy, we're excited to see it forthcoming. We have the superstars in Brunson and Randall. We have some talented pieces, some talented young pieces all throughout that roster. Um, I don't I, I I hear you about the inconsistencies with Julius Randall because some nights you know he looks like an All NBA player, and then other nights he just mentally checks out. I hate how he gets all these technical fouls. Um, and, and he just doesn't bring that leadership that I would want to as, you know, your star player sometimes. But um, I'm going to ride with my guy. I think he's just, you know, when he's when he's on, he's one, he's an elite level player in the NBA. Um, I think in the playoffs, he didn't shine as much ultimately because Brunson was just so dominant. Uh, we wanted to have the ball in his hands. Um, but I like, you know, the outlook of our roster. Mitchell Robinson comes 
you know, plays well as our big man. Um, and I like that we had, you know, with Grimes quickly. Um, some of our, you know, other pieces played well throughout the, the season. I like, you know, adding DiVincenzo um, late in the season to be able to get Josh Hart, you know, the Swiss Army knife. So I, I think, you know, we'll be competitive. And then also we were just, you mentioned, you know, the, the future outlook on the free agency to get some big name players. Our front office brass has revamped our whole organization where we're, you want, you, 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 you hear people even considering the Knicks again, you know, for, for years on in, you know, that was not even the case. So I think we're at, we're at a good point. I just think, um, you know, the pressure is going to heighten, obviously, because of the success we had beating the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round the way we did last year. But I think overall, we're, you know, we're just we're on, we're on an upward climb. I hated to see Obi yeah. Toppin go too, as a Knicks fan. That, that was one of the, 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 the takeaways from this offseason. I hated. But other than that, everything else was OK. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, the, I was going to say Obi Toppin got traded for like a bag of chips. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the Knicks do got a slew of assets, though. They have a ton of assets. They have some movable contracts with Mitchell Robinson. They can move. Emmanuel quickly is going to be a story this offseason if he's moved, if they decide to pay him, blah, blah, blah. As you I mentioned, Jamal Cornier, I mean, he's a shooter. Shooters get paid, so he'll have a he'll have a market out there. Hopefully he gets an opportunity somewhere. Yeah, Jalen. Jalen. Jason. Oh, Jesus. I can't even know. What, what is his name? The Hart Kid. Oh, Josh. Uh, Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Damn, Josh Hart. He just got paid this this summer. Um, I really like Josh Hart, former Laker. Um, but I think the Knicks will be at a standstill. They were part of my team so with, um, last week. That's going to be an outside looking in. I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll be fun. But I don't think they have championship expectations yet. I don't even think – probably the players, I don't even think, have championship expectations. I think they might get lucky and get to the conference finals maybe. Um, if the if the stars align, if like a top four seed loses um, to a lower seed and gets upset, and then they could beat that team. I think they have some opportunities. I think Julius Randle is a good player. I think he needs to. I think it's a mental thing with him when he gets to playoffs, uh, and I think he can overcome that. I, I do have faith in him as a player in that because he has all the the skills. He has the physical physicality you need in the playoffs. He can score obviously, um, and he can pass too when he wants. So I think he just needs to make it all come together. Obviously, they have Jalen Brunson, who's the leader of the team and makes the show go. But I don't see the Knicks doing anything different than they did last year, which is I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. And the one player that we, we didn't bring up in this is, is RJ Barrett, who, who might be an X factor on this roster. Uh, he's also someone who I expected more out of in the postseason. And he played pretty well in the, you know, spurring moments in a number of games and He's really an X factor on this roster because he's got so much talent, but he really hasn't put it fully together yet. And on the the topic of Randall, who's also definitely an X factor on this roster, just because of his talent level, he he's got the talent of a superstar. I just look at someone like Jimmy Butler in the postseason, and it's like that guy's a dog. You know what I mean? He gets the ball in his hands, and it's like you know he's going to make the right decision. You know something good is is about to happen. With Julius, I mean, this guy's got more talent than anyone. And, and the other thing to call out is he's got a great personality for New York. You want to root for this guy. Like, he's just got a lot of confidence. He's got a lot of great energy. It's just I don't have confidence with him. You know, Nick's, Nick's down by one, two minutes left in the fourth to make the right decision. And that's what scares me with this roster. Um, but that said, 
tremendous, tremendous improvements over, you know, five, six years ago when, you know, it's, it, it was a, you know, it was, it was slim pickings as a Knicks fan for, for who to root for. So uh, I'm definitely happier with this team. I mean, Brunson's coming off a year where he put up 24 points and six assists. Randall's coming off a year, 24 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. So, you know, we're, we're looking at a lot of potential and, and as a Knicks fan, like you can't see because we're on a podcast, obviously I'm smiling ear to ear right now with, with what could happen with this roster. Um, I just, <laughs> I'm looking at the other side of this too, where, you know, we could be a couple games into the season. Fournier's like, why am I not playing? You know, please trade me. You know, uh, you know, James Dolan, their owner, who we can get into a whole topic another day on, uh, is, you know, more interested in, uh, in promoting the sphere in Vegas than he is, uh, in, in running a, a professional basketball franchise. So, um, lots of potentials for blowups too for this team this year. For sure. And you brought up RJ Barrett. That's a good point. Um, I looked at R.J. Barrett for most improved player of the year for, for our category. I really wanted to dive into it if I thought I could see him doing it. And, you know, he 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 played well in FIBA competition, but he was supposed to do what Dylan Brooks was doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, that, and, if, and if Dylan Brooks, if he had done that, like what Dylan Brooks was doing, which is shooting the ball really well, playing with defensive tenacity, all that stuff. And I'm saying he wasn't. It just wasn't the level up that Dylan Brooks brought. I probably would have picked him for most improved player. I still think he could be a candidate. He averaged 20 points a game last year. I think he can get up to to the 24-ish points per game-ish type of thing and push for an all-star placement in the East because the East is, East is not what the West is, obviously. So I think some spots are up for grabs. If he has a good, really, really, really good season, he could be an all-star. I, I can really see that. Um, so I think he needs to step up, like you said, though. Yeah, I think what like when you watch as a Knicks fan, when you watch RJ Barrett's game, the thing that I don't like about him is he doesn't really create too well off the bounce. He's like a straight line drive attacker slasher. Um, he can shoot it when open, not the best shooter, but and he gets to the line a lot and he rebounds very well. But he doesn't really create off the bounce. He doesn't have that wiggle, that creativity, um, whether it's ball handling or even creating for his teammates. So that's the one area I think he really has to prove it to elevate his game to the next level. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that, um, and we'll we'll see what happens here. You know, hopeful as a Knicks fan, man, and he takes – you know, when he drives to the hoop, when he's going straight downhill, he can play. Um, yeah. He can finish with, with the best of them around the hoop, but with him and Julius Randle, uh, both with, you know, kind of similar-ish games. They like to go in ISO. They like to drive to the hoop a little – Yeah. Um, so, you know, we need, we need Brunson with the ball in his hand a little bit more, but, uh, I'm hopeful. Look, I'm hopeful as a Knicks fan. I just, um, I wouldn't consider myself confident. We're going to, we're going to improve on last year. I hear you. Awesome. Well, there's another topic I wanted to get to, uh, as well. And this kind of ties into the great segment earlier today on, on potential rookie of the year favorites. And, and the question I really want to pose to the crew is, is can these unicorn athletes, we're talking about Zion Williamson, Chet Holmgren, Victor Wembanyama, can they stay healthy and reach their ceiling? We've seen a player like Zion who's got otherworldly talent. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like he might be, when healthy, one of the most dominant, if not like top two or three most dominant players in the NBA just because of his, his tenacity and his physical you know, attributes. 
He's only played in 114 games over the four years of his career. That's less than 30 games per year on average. So there's a ton of hype on Victor Wembanyama, and rightfully so. You know, and Chet Holmgren as well might be one of my favorites for Rookie of the Year. But but can these guys stay healthy? Can they reach their potential with with such unique uh, characteristics in their their physique? Hmm. That's that's a tough question. It is a tough question. I think the question is less like, can they stay healthy? It's like, will they be healthy? Because <laughs> like, yeah. we don't know. Like, and it's it's frustrating from a fan perspective. So I can only imagine it from a player perspective. Like Zion was an all star, um, and only played half of the season. Um, then the year before that, he wasn't able to play before in the playoffs. Uh, I think he, I agree with you. He's a top five, top six, dominant, most dominant player in the league when he's healthy. He's just a he's just a, a blow to deal with. Um, Chet got hurt and didn't play his rookie season, so that's not a good uh, start to it. With Wimbayama, I don't know, man. I, I it's a big question mark, right? He like, is he going to get injured? You can tell by the way he moves. Like every time he falls, Popovich and the first front office is going to cringe. Like it's it's, it's going to be tough to just feel comfortable watching him play for a while. I think until like we have some uh, a bigger. Uh, a bigger sample size to to say like yeah we can trust him he'll he'll stay healthy. I think that also that's a difficulty right like you have an eighty two game season so I think that's the biggest adjustment like we were talking about these young players and rookies going from playing you know thirty games a year to making that adjustment of trying to play an eighty two game season and you know the physicality is much for a physical game so. I think that's really where the challenge comes in. You mean, you see a guy like Chet Holmgren, he's, you know, a little skinny kid, um, you know, come in, had that one year at Gonzaga. So now to go on the pro level, I think it, that adjustment playing an 82-game season um, is definitely going to be challenging for all of them. So I don't know if they'll be able to physically hold up playing against grown men, some of these elite athletes for an 82-game season. Um, you have to be well-conditioned. You have to be, you know, physically in shape. And I think that's just some of the biggest adjustments. So I would have to say no. I can foreseeably see them get hurt, and especially some of the bigs. You see you've got, like, foot injuries, plantar fasciitis, and some of these, you know, nagging injuries, you know, coming into play just because you're, they, these are some physical specimens where they are very large people, and they do have, you know, a unique bone structure. So I don't know if they'll be able to stay healthy. I hope so, though. Oh, it'd be yeah. so good for the NBA for for Wemby to come out and you know yeah. put up put up twenty and ten in his rookie year. Um, yeah. But he was so big, right? Yeah, it would be it'd be so exciting to see. And and and, and there's a lot made about Wemby's preparation uh, in the gym, how he works out, how he he focuses on you know a little bit less bulking up, and I think that's probably what what hurt Chet a little bit. Now, granted, you know it was it, it was a, a potentially a freak accident last year in the summer league as well, or it was a scrimmage, right? It was like a scrimmage game that he's playing um, when he got injured. Uh, so, you know, freak accident can be written off as that as well, but I know they had him putting on some bulk. Um, from what I understand, Wemby is is not putting on bulk. He's putting on more strength um, and more, more tone than actual size. So, you know, you're, you're hopeful because of that, but I even go back to, you know, and, and not to, not to, uh, bring up some more uh, New York Knicks, um, you know, disappointments. But uh, Christoph Porzingis is another guy I think about is one of those unique unicorn sort of body types. And, man, that guy had and still has a world of potential. Uh, and he's been a 
good NBA player throughout his career, but he's never reached that ceiling uh, that you expected him to. And, and that's mainly, you know, at least in my opinion, from some of the injuries he's had and his inability to stay healthy and, and play, you know, full, full season, 70 games plus. That's that, 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 that's what I was going to bring up um, because he reminds me. I mean, all these players that are unicorns, quote unquote, end up getting hurt, which is unfortunate. I think with Porzingis, and I'm not tooting the horn of a Celtics player, big, so calm down. Um, <laughs> he he did prove some things in the league. Uh, yeah. He was an All Star with the Knicks. Um, really came out firing from his rookie season. Uh, made a big splash there. Um, the Mavericks didn't quite mesh well with Luca for some reason. I felt like that was a match made in heaven and that never materialized and he got hurt. And then he had a good, really good season with the Wizards last year. So I'm, we'll see what he be, he's able to do with Jalen Brown and Tatum, which is going to be a really uh, tough big big three for them. Yeah, yeah that's going to be scary. That's going to be a very scary big three. Kristaps, yeah, look, I mean, he's a, he's a very good NBA player. I don't think yeah. there's much debate about that. Um, it, it's just... It, if Wemby is considered a very good NBA player, doesn't that feel like we're missing out on something? I feel like there's, there's, you know, the hype is, uh, is LeBron, you know, it's, if he falls short on a very good player, I mean, that's great. He's a, you know, that's better than, than a lot of number one picks throughout NBA history. Um, but it still feels like we're missing out on something if, if he doesn't get to that elite level ceiling. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with you. Him and LeBron should never been the same presence. I don't know. <laughs> so they can be together, but I mean, as far as draft prospects, that's you know, it's all about the hype, baby. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he did he did do some crazy stuff in the French league last year. I mean, he put back his own three pointer. Um, yeah. He step back one legged threes from he blocking shot. He can do everything. Like he he's clear. He's like to me, he's already clear as a defensive player, a top ten defensive player. Like I don't even have to see him in a game. Like, and, I, and I can say, and I can say that offensively, we'll see. I think he'll have some work to do. He ain't doing all that stuff in the NBA. He ain't doing it. I'm telling you, y'all, right now, it ain't happening pop, pop, for, the, for at least the next four years. Popovich ain't having that. Um, so we'll see how he matures. Offensively, I think that'll be his biggest thing to figure out where he's going to play. You know, is he going to dive dive on these pick and rolls? Is he going to extend and try to play on the perimeter on the pick and roll? pick and pop and, you know, just how, how he's going to mesh in the NBA game and, and how he'll be able to contribute offensively. So defensively, like you said, the talent is there. It's so abundant that you think, you know, he's a top 10 defensive player right now, um, just off potential alone. But we'll just offensively, how will he make that adjustment? What surprised me defensively with Wemby, I watched, you know, how much can you really take from the summer league games? But his closeout time and his intelligence defensively was was more advanced than than I thought. I mean, when you're seven foot five, that long, that athletic, you're to be expected to be a pretty good defensive player. But what can make him elite, and to your point of being top ten already defensively, is is the head on his shoulders and and how well and how good of a feel he has for the game. His closeout speed is is elite, and with that length, it's going to be a lot of trouble for opposing offenses. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I wonder what his defensive IQ is in 2K. It's probably in the 90s, probably. I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get on hey, the sticks. Where's Bake at? Yo, I'm in here, man. What do you think about Wimbe Yama? I mean, I've always said the same thing. I think that uh, just the, the expectations of what he would be offensively just, just need to be tapered a little bit. Uh, I, I, I think... 
at some point in his career, he will be a solid, you know, 20 to 25 point scorer. I just think that because he's so long and just how he wants to play, I just think it'll, it's going to take a while for that to materialize. Um, but yeah, he another player. Like he, he need to get with Dirk and Hakeem. He <laughs> <laughs> need to get with oh both God. of them. He need to spend that fifty yeah. grand and get with both of them. He don't even need to spend no money. He got Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Manu Ginobili. Oh, yeah. He got everybody. He need to get with Tim Duncan. Him and Tim Duncan need to be besties ASAP. And then I think it's sure But I just think that I just yeah, seriously on a serious note, I just think that the expectations for him right out the gate. Uh, just, just. Just hold your horses, people. But I think at, at some point he will be, you know, a superstar in this league. I I, I can see it. Um, I'm also, for as much, you know, superstardom that I can see for him, I'm also one of those people that wouldn't be surprised if he was, if he ended up being a Porzingis. And don't get me wrong. Like, you average 23 and you can shoot threes like Porzingis. Like, you're a good player in this league. You know what I'm saying? You're going to make a lot of money. Um, I just don't know. I don't know how likely it is that he'll be this transcendent, game-changing like force, like LeBron was. You know, people say he was the best prospect since LeBron. I just think that, and I, it never really. It, I don't know. The, the unicorns never, for some reason, work out. Uh, I mean, I guess you can consider Giannis in that in that group of player, the tall, athletic lanky, you know, skinny when they first came in the league type of player. Um, but my expectations for, for Wimby are more so on the defensive end. I, I Once he gets going and gets started, maybe year two or three, I expect him to be in the defensive player of the year conversation every year. Uh, he has enough mobility, the length, the wingspan to do exactly that. I just – I don't know what I'm going to get from him offensively, and I'm not ready to go out on the limb to say that offensively he's going to be this crazy superstar. There, Gian- Giannis fine as well. Like, if he's not Porzingis, can he be a Giannis, a more skilled Giannis? That's that's a tall task, obviously. But can he well, be hey, some type a superstar? Of- <laughs> yeah, yeah that's- a more skilled Giannis. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. If he ends up being a more skilled Giannis, then I mean, that's 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 enough right there. That's what yeah, it says. Yeah. That's why I said it. That's what they're saying. His potential. If you talk about LeBron, I mean, like, come on. Yeah, he already shoots better than Giannis. If he can develop the enough skill that he can grab a rebound, take it full court, maybe get around a defender or two and finish. I mean, that's going to take strength and you know a lot of work on his part in the Spurs organization. But if he can, if he can bring what he brings on the shooting side and, and add some Giannis type of capabilities just as far as like, all right, I mean, obviously he's not strong enough, so it'll take strength, but if he can be someone where like, all right, I'm tall, but you're not going to rip me. And anytime you put someone small on me, I'm going to take advantage. And he, I think he'll be very, 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 very good. I just don't, again, I don't know if I'm ready to go out the way and say he'll be this like five years from now, like, Whatever team you put him on, they go into the playoffs or they go into the second or third round. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to stand that on it yet. Hey, cool. Those are your three topics, right, John? That's it. That's it. I, I love your guys' take. This is, um, uh, it's been a blast.
Yeah, man, this was fun. Um, really like the segment. Hopefully we can do some more of it. Um, just going to the season, everybody has these thoughts, right? And everybody has their team. Everybody has different opinions on what's going on in the NBA. What's going on? Is is Dan going to get traded? Is this person going to get traded? And uh, it's just good to have these conversations though, with people who love the game. Um, obviously, we have our podcast. So we want to bring people into our community um, and continue to have them, you know, listen to us, be a part of what we're doing. So really appreciate appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Of course, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You guys, uh, you guys are on to something great here. Appreciate that. Well, thanks, um, John, man. This has been a blast. Um, we're here every week, 11 a.m. Sundays on AMP. Uh, I'll be posting some clips throughout the week on our Instagram, Beyond the Numbers Pod. Make sure you follow us, check it out, comment and share. Um, it should be on Apple and Spotify Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm hoping Tuesday. Uh, so I'll be blasting it out there. But appreciate everybody listening in, man. I saw some people popping in and out, taking a listen. Um, really appreciate that. But I'm going to go have some leftover Chinese food and enjoy this rainy <laughs> Sunday. Hey, man, that's, it sounds perfect. Perfect comfort food for this weather, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Y'all be good out there. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Peace. Enjoy your Sunday. Watch the WNBA playoffs. Watch some, some NFL. Enjoy. Peace. Yes, sir. Later.